everyone. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, CBTPFL. It's time for Football Talk, Week 13 Morning Grind Podcast. As always, joined by my good buddy, Genie for 07 Grant. What's happening, my friend? Not too much. Just Week 13's already upon us. Week 12 didn't go terrible for me. Didn't go great. It was entirely mediocre. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I think things are going well. Just, just chugging along through the season. This slate's really interesting because there's some really bad games on this slate, and then there's some really, really good games. Um, so we'll have to kind of sift through, and, I mean, we're going to break down each game. Anyway, it's just – there was something that I noticed when I was doing a little research this morning, um, just how this slate kind of shapes up. So let's jump into it. We get started here with Minnesota at detroit 46 and a half total minnesota a seven point favorite talk to me about the vikings here well i mean first thing is madison without cook like i know madison's priced at 6.7k but they're going up against detroit detroit is not good they're not good the past game they're not good or the past defense they're not good the rush defense they're one of the worst teams defensively in the entire league and Madison is pretty much interchangeable with Cook, in my opinion. I think a lot of people's opinion. So I think Madison stands out as one of the better spend-ups on the slate immediately. But I don't hate targeting the passing game. I mean, Jefferson has absolutely crushed every single week. Like, he's been fantastic this season. And he rarely ever gets played at all. Um, Going up against a terrible Lions defense, the game script really doesn't favor him or Thielen, but I'm fine with both of them. But the real play here is Madison going up against this horrible run defense that they are a seven-point favorite against. Uh, I know that the Vikings have been in constant close games all season long, and they're I think they set the record for it already. Just every single week they're in a close game. So I still prefer the running game, but you can absolutely go to the pass game. And I mean, even – even Conklin is not the worst idea in the world. The 3.7, the guy has TD upside. The guy is targeted a decent amount every single game. So, yeah, Madison, Jefferson, Thielen, Conklin, go with all of them, but my favorite is Madison. Yeah, he's 8-7 on FanDuel, and he's projected right now for less than 5% ownership. And, I, I mean, I think he could potentially be the top running back on the slate. So, yeah, we're not getting a value, but, like, look at the two games that – he started for cook this season one was against detroit he rushed the ball 25 times for 113 yards he had seven catches for 40 yards and a touchdown he had 27 fantasy points against detroit earlier this season he had a matchup against seattle 26 rushing attempts 112 yards eight targets with six catches for 59 yards like he had so much work in both of his starts and now he gets a great matchup against detroit I think putting up 25 plus fantasy points is there for Madison. Um, I mean, Thielen and Jefferson, they have ceiling to win any slate, any slate you can win with these guys. I don't like them as much in this game because it is against Detroit. The Detroit offense just looks terrible. They're going to be without their best piece. Um, it sounds like they're going to be without their best piece um, uh, with DeAndre Swift potentially out. I know he hasn't been ruled out yet, but I mean, what they came out and said in multiple games. So uh, going to the Detroit side here, Jamal Williams, 5,400 over there on DraftKings, And I mean, 6,500 on FanDuel, he's probably likely going to be one of the chalkier 
plays on this slate and probably for good reason. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty much DeAndre Swift light. I mean, DeAndre Swift is better, but Williams is going to get the vast majority of the workload going up against one of the worst ranked defenses against the run in Minnesota. They're saying at 29th and DVOA, the rest of their offense is absolutely horrible. He'll get targeted in the receiving game, just like Swift. So he's kind of matchup proof or game script proof or rather. So Williams is the only guy that really stands out here. I mean, I'm done going with anything in the Detroit passing game. It's just looked horrible. Goff is not good. Like Hawkinson occasionally will show glimpses of being a great tight end, but he doesn't have a competent quarterback. And that we've seen multiple times over the last few weeks that they just will occasionally, I'm not going to throw the ball to him. I don't hate playing him, but I'm playing. It's not the worst idea to play him, but I plan on staying away from him almost entirely. Probably staying away from this entire receiving game. It, it's literally just Williams. And you just kind of have to figure out if you want to play that chalky of a running back because we've seen it before. Like they kind of are willing to give rushes to the other guys in the offense. Like, what was it, Thanksgiving or the week before Thanksgiving, where Jefferson and one other guy ended up with a long touchdown? So there's no guarantee that Williams is going to get the vast majority of the workload. So based on where he's coming in and potential ownership, that, that's kind of going to be my decision factor. But if you're taking that out of the equation, he stands out as possibly the best play for point per dollar on the entire slate. Uh, moving on here, we got the Giants at the Dolphins. 40 and a half total here. Miami a four-point favorite. Mike Glennon, sounds like he's going to get the start here for the Giants. What do we like here for New York? Is it weird that I love Saquon Barkley here? Yeah, Miami run defense has been absolutely insane over the last month and a half. Yeah, but we're, he, he had an 85% snap share in the last game. He got 13 rushes, four targets. And I like he's 6.3K. I mean, oh, maybe I'm cheap. just a yeah, maybe I'm just a donkey for continually chasing Saquon Barkley and just getting reamed every single time. But 82% snap share last week. Mike Glennon, obviously not a great quarterback, um, probably going to end up dumping the ball off to Saquon a decent amount. So the PPR points should end up being there. I don't know if I can really trust anyone outside of maybe Kadarius Tony in the passing game if he ends up playing. Um, like Galladay just hasn't been great. Slayton hasn't been great. Ingram keep trying to make it work and he just keeps destroying my soul um so i think that like i i'm honestly just gonna target saquon in this spot there's a decent amount of good running back plays on the slate if you can't tell already yeah i mean for me the giants a team that i'm likely gonna stay away from here i mean this game has one of the lowest if not the lowest total on the slate the giants have one of the lowest implied team totals on the slate i mean the miami run defense has just been so good i don't trust the passing game at all um if i was going to play anyone it would probably be galladay at 5k um i mean that's where you got to attack miami is with the passing game and i just i don't trust mike glennon to do that on the miami side i think they're going to pound the ball with gaskin and play defense it stinks that Philip Lindsay got so much work last week. Um, he is questionable here. He's dealing with an ankle injury. I would like Gaskin a lot more if um, 
Philip Lindsay ends up missing the game, but overall this game kind of stinks. Um, I like the Miami defense paired with Gaskin, but what are your thoughts on the Dolphins? Yeah, I'm not sure I'd read too much into the Philip Lindsay stuff. I mean, Gaskin still got 18 touches in the last game. Granted, Snapshare wasn't what I wanted it to be, but again, the game was a blowout, if I remember correctly. Like, yeah, they dominated Carolina last year. Yeah, so like Cam couldn't do anything. Uh, so I'm still fine with Gaston as a 5.8K. Again, we have a lot of guys in that range. He's probably going to – it's going to be largely dictated by ownership, and I think we currently have him projected for around 2% ownership over on DraftKings. So I don't mind Gaskin. Uh, Waddle, it, I mean, he just crushed last week. He's been crushing for the last few weeks. He's good. He's going to be heavily owned in this spot here. I, I don't hate it, but I don't – really want to play a chalky wide receiver in a low scoring game where there's potential of a blowout here with Mike Glennon over on the other side and how well Miami's been playing. The four point spread makes you feel a little bit better, but it's probably mostly stick to the running game here with Gaskin just because the volume should be there, especially if Lindsay ends up missing Gaskin's going to get 20 plus touches in this spot. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I think that you can, you should probably stick to the running game if Waddle's going to get played as much as I think he is going to. Yeah, I mean, Waddle had like a 60-yard touchdown last week too. Um, so I don't know if it was a touchdown. I know he had a big catch um, from watching the game, but I, I mean, he is Tua's guy. Like, Tua is going to lock in on Jalen Waddle. Uh, if you're going to play someone in the passing game, it's likely him. Um, but I don't know. I mean, there's so many good plays in this price range, so if he is going to be 24% owned, um, I definitely don't mind looking elsewhere. We got Tampa at Atlanta, 50 and a half total here. Tampa, 11 point favorite. Talk to me here uh, about the Bucks. Uncle Lenny ruined my week last week. And now he's 7.3K. You weren't winning against... a tournament without him last week. Yep, I am full well aware. Hence why I did not win a tournament last week. I mean, he's getting targeted so much in the receiving game that 7.3K is not the worst idea in the world. But with how many people saw what he did last week, I don't think I'm going to end up chasing it. Atlanta's a pretty bad overall defense. Not really great um, against either um, either side running or passing. Just a bad overall defense, but they're definitely worse in the passing game. Well, Fournette did end up snaking a whole lot of touchdowns. Brady is still probably one of the top raw points plays on the entire slate terms of quarterback obviously we know who to pair him with it's godwin it's evans brown if he's back gronk like he's got 30 touchdown passes on the season going up against one of the worst pass defenses in the league all these guys are probably priced a little bit too low considering their potential upside if i had to rank the receiving receivers um i'd probably be godwin gronk evans and then brown if he plays um but i don't think has brown been ruled out Already, or he's not ruled out, but he's not expected to play as doubtful. Okay, yeah. So, and we know the three guys that he's going to pass it's Evans, it's Godwin, it's Gronk, and it's Godwin, Gronk, and Evans in that order of who I like. But like they have a thirty point seven five team total. We've seen this over and over again all season long. Atlanta's strangely enough been kept in some close games, but they've also been entirely disappearing in other games. So who knows what the game script will look like? But they're probably going to end up passing the ball regardless. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Fournette, I think, is the 
guy I like the most here, but I think I have to kind of respect Gronk. Like, anytime Brady gets in a situation where he needs something done, he's going to throw the ball to Gronk. Um, so my biggest concern is just Atlanta keeping up. Uh, their offense has just been so rough lately. Um, that's my biggest concern. Cordell Patterson returned last week. He had 16 rushing attempts and only three targets, but had a monster game. Um, him, Gage, Pitts would be the guys that I'd be running back Tampa Stacks with. Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing every single week. And I know they had 16 rushing attempts, but that was largely because the game was out of hand pretty quickly. And so they just decided to run the ball and not really pass the ball a ton. This is going to be a different situation. Tampa Bay, while one of the best run defenses in the league, actually give up a decent amount of passes to opposing running backs. I mean, I think the last time Cordero Patterson played him, he still wasn't only had like 50% snap share and he ended up with six targets in that game. So I think there's a spot where he'll be heavily targeted in the receiving game. I think he actually has more upside in this than he normally does. The problem is this 7K price tag is a little tough to deal with for me, considering how many other good running back plays there are. He'd strictly be a guy that I'm bringing back in the Tampa Bay stack, assuming that Brady puts up a lot of points. They're going to be dumping the ball off to Patterson quite a bit. Gage is fine. He's been doing better in the offense recently. Had a pretty decent game last week. Is getting a consistent amount of targets, but Never really a guy that I love to play. And then Kyle Pitts, I play him so much every week, and it's been going terribly for a while. Um, I don't know, 5.6K, I'm not going to argue with it. Tampa Bay does funnel a little bit of targets to opposing tight ends, but he is generally put on the outside more often than not. He's pretty much a wide receiver, not really tight end. So I think Patterson is, is the best play here, but I'm not going to argue with Pitts or Gage. Gotta love Kyle Pitts, man. I mean, the price tag is is nice. It's just the ride has been wild this year. It has. I mean, his biggest game this season was on the the London game. Um, and we, I mean, you could play him in showdown, but you couldn't play him on the main slate. I think this is a spot at this price. Like he's down to like where he started the season. I think he started the season in the four Ks, but I mean. If we're expecting Atlanta to throw the ball a lot in this game, I think Pitts has to be someone we look at. And I mean, Matt Ryan's just been, he's, it's been rough. It's been a rough sled for Matt Ryan over the last um, few weeks. And he was crushed before that. And then he started doing Matt Ryan things. Well, I think Calvin Ridley being out doesn't help. So, oh, it definitely doesn't. And the matchups versus the Patriots, Dallas are not really great ones. Jacksonville, they were so far ahead, they wasn't slinging the ball. So, you can read a little bit into it. He's definitely had some problems, but like you look at his past five weeks and the Patriots are the number two pass rank defense. Dallas is number four. The Saints are up there, I think number 13, but they're very good against the run. So they kind of forced them to be one dimensional. Carolina's number five, like Jacksonville, again, he could have done well in that, but realistically, they he didn't need to throw much in that one. They had the game in hand for most of it. So the, the, there's a reason why he's been less good recently. But then, again, Tampa Bay is another one of the toughest matchups for opposing quarterbacks. So this might not be the week to jump on. I can't remember who's playing the next week, but that might be a time to go go get some Matt Ryan shares when people are fully off of him because of how he's performed. But realizing that the matchups have been the largest reason behind it. 
Chargers and Bengals, 50 and a half total here. Cincinnati, a three-point favorite. Uh, talk to me here about the LA Chargers. I feel like a lot of people are going to love this game. Um, I feel like Herbert standing out as a great play. Keenan Allen, as always, is standing out as a pretty safe cash play and a pretty decent tournament play. Eckler always has upside. I think this is going to be one of those games that's going to be chalky, and I don't really want to play it which is weird. The Chargers have been kind of up and down in terms of play for most of the season. Cincinnati is not a great defense, but they're pretty close to middle of the pack, um, better versus the pass than versus the run. I think there's a spot where, like, this is going to be one of those trap games. I don't think it's going to be terribly high scoring. It's been played over in Cincinnati. I think the Chargers may end up struggling here. I think that they're going to be far too heavily played in, on people's lineups that I think that I might fade. Like, I'm not going to argue with playing Allen Eckler or Mike Williams, but Mike Williams has been so hit or miss. Keenan Allen is always heavily owned. Eckler is always heavily owned, and he's expensive. I'd rather pay up for other guys. They're just better running back plays. And then Herbert, I haven't really seen a huge amount of upside out of him so far this season outside of, I think there was one week where he was the top scoring quarterback, maybe two, but I, I don't know. Like, I'll wait and see where ownership's at, but currently we have Herbert projected as the highest projected or highest owned quarterback and Eckler and Keenan Allen are going to be heavily owned. I think this is a decent spot to fade just based on game theory aspect of it, the pricing that you're getting on these guys. Yeah. I mean, the, the chargers play at one of the fastest paces in the NFL, but Cincinnati plays slow, man. They like to pound the rock. Um, and they should have no problem pounding the rock in this game uh, against this Chargers run defense. So I think if you're playing the Chargers, you're you're potentially looking at Eckler, Allen, and Williams. I don't mind Jared Cook in this spot either. Um, he's not my favorite tight end play, but, I mean, the, the Bengals have allowed a lot of fantasy points to tight ends here recently. And then, I mean, on the Cincinnati side, we have a ton of running backs that are in great spots. But, I mean, Joe Mixon, it doesn't get much better than facing the Chargers. This run defense has really struggled. The passing game, I still think Chase is the guy if you want to target the passing game. I don't mind Burrow here. Uh, what are your thoughts about the Bengals? Yeah, I'm staying away from the passing game. I'm, I'm strictly going Mixon. Even at 8.1K, I mean, the guy has gotten over 30 touches per week in the last two weeks. I mean, he's he's got multiple touchdowns in three straight games. They're going to feed him the rock. The Chargers are the worst run defense in the league being played in Cincinnati. They'll try and control the pace here, running the ball with Mixon a lot here. So I'm not sure the volume's going to end getting there for Chase. Uh, T. Higgins has been a solid play in recent weeks, and his price tag's still not terrible. But just the way I see this game script going out, I think Mixon is the only guy I have any real interest in in the spot. Yeah, I mean, after only scoring once in four games to start the season, he scored out of seven out of the last eight games, um, heavily involved. And multiple touchdowns in three of those games. He's been fantastic. Yeah, I mean, he's scored multiple touchdowns in four straight games because he had a receiving touchdown against yeah, the yeah. Jets. Um, so he's absolutely crushing right now. And, I mean, if this was Christian McCaffrey or somebody like that, he would be the highest-priced guy in the slate. So, I mean, just – no respect for Joe Mixon. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, he's it's clearly one of the top running backs in the league. Colts and Texans, 45 and a half total here. Colts 10-point favorites. Um, I mean, if the Texans can keep this game close, Jonathan Taylor should smash in the spot. 
I mean, if they can keep it moderately close, if they don't even keep it moderately close, Jonathan Taylor should still smash in this spot. He's the highest priced running back on the slate. And I think he's 100% worth it. The guy's workload has been fantastic recently. Forget about the last game going up against Tampa Bay where he still had close to 20 touches and he had close to a hundred yards and he had a touchdown going up against one of the toughest matchups for an opposing running back. The guy has just been on fire recently has a ceiling of close to 50. He's been so good. He has a touchdown in, what, eight straight games here? He's been so good. Like, Jonathan Taylor is the top raw points play on the entire slate by a decent margin. If you want to try and play game script or potential, like, Houston gets out to an early lead and Indy tries to throw the ball, yes, you can go Pittman. Yes, you can go Hilton. Anytime you have a team with a 27.75, implied team total like you can go with the quarterback in this situation but they've shown that they like to run the ball with taylor a lot and with this game likely being out of control going up against one of the worst run defenses in the league houston should probably not keep this close and taylor should end up with 150 200 yards from scrimmage and multiple touchdowns yeah i mean i don't know if i really want to play Pittman and pascal and hilton and these guys I think this is a spot I'm playing uh, Taylor and I mean, potentially even looking at the Colts defense in this one um, Houston side. I mean, this offense just stinks. Uh, you have no idea what to expect at the running back position here. Um, I mean, we'll have to kind of see if David Johnson is going to play. He didn't practice on Wednesday. We don't have the report for Thursday yet with Lindsay gone. I mean, this might be a, Rex Burkhead, Royce Freeman backfield this week. Um, I think if you're playing Taylor, you could potentially run it back with Cooks or maybe Nico Collins. But overall, man, this is not a great spot for this Houston offense. Yeah, yeah, no, I I really don't like anything here. Uh, It's just an ugly spot. Yes, Cooks always has a massive target share pretty much every single week. Yes, the game script shows that. Houston's probably going to be throwing the ball a decent amount. And the Colts have given up a decent amount of points to opposing tight ends, wide receivers, quarterbacks. They've been great versus the run, so I have no interest in the running game here. Um, it's it's too, too many mouths to feed. And if Dave Johnson doesn't end up playing, then still just not a good matchup here. So passing game would be the only, be the only thing I would even consider, and it would strictly be Cooks just because of the volume. Like maybe he goes off for – a big game. Like I don't really want to play Torod here. Just not really a spot where I see a ton of upside. The Colts defense is just far too good. Yep. Eagles and Jets, 45 total. Philadelphia is six and a half point favorite here. Um, I mean, we're getting cheap Miles Sanders again. This I don't is, want to do it. I, I don't know. want to do it. I don't want to do it. I know. I just maybe I mean. He is kind of banged up. I don't know if it's banged up or if they're just being very careful, but the Jets allow the most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. If Sanders sits, I love Boston Scott. If Sanders plays, man, I'm here I go again. I don't want to do it. I really don't want to do it. He's going to be chalky. He's going up against the Jets. The Jets have given up more fantasy points to opposing running backs than any other team in the league by a very high margin. Like, they're five or six or seven or eight points over um, the next closest teams in terms of points given up to opposing running backs. They've given up all like seven of the high eight highest 
running back scores in the league. Like it, it's it's just silly how bad their run defense is. But Sanders, I don't know. Like they still have Gainwell in there. They still have Scott. And you look at the snap count from last week. How many how many snaps do you think Miles Sanders was in there for? I already know. I looked. Yeah. Yeah, no, Boston Scott outsnapped him by a decent amount, if I remember correctly. This is it was just, like 30% to like 52%. Yeah. This is I mean, honestly, why not a Boston Scott week? I mean, sure, you could you could definitely you could definitely do it. Jordan Howard shouldn't play. Boston Scott's sick. We'll have to make sure he plays, but I mean if is it is it a perfect scenario if Boston Scott sits two with Howard and then like Miles Sanders like here's your chance um, and Gainwell snakes two touchdowns <laughs> yeah, that would totally or Hurts runs three in from the one yeah line. oh man oh I can see it happening now in my head yeah I mean honestly like I might go overweight on Hurts just hoping that he's the one that ends up. Anyway, like Sanders, like we saw how Chuck, he was what, 50% owned in some GPPs last week. Like, I, I just can't trust him even up against the Jets at this ownership. It's just like all game theory says to fade him. All numbers say that he's a good play. So I think I'm going to go on the fade side. And in order to do that, like I'm probably playing Hertz, maybe Smith or just hoping that this game just doesn't even say remotely close. Yeah. I mean, there's so many ways that you can kind of approach Philadelphia. I think you can always take shots on Jalen hurts just because, I mean, this dude's averaging 10 rush attempts a game. Um, that's more. Did you know it's more than Miles Sanders? Yeah. Miles Sanders averaging 9.7. Um, I mean, the jet side of this game, Kevin Coleman had 18 or 16 carries last week. Elijah Moore, eight, eight targets. I mean, I don't want to play the Jets in this spot. I, I think if you're potentially looking at the Jets, you could take shots on more if Davis sits again. Uh, but overall, I don't know. Uh, I mean, Moore is really the only guy, and I need Corey Davis to sit again for me to play Elijah Moore. I played Zach Wilson a lot last week. I've learned my lesson. He is he's not good. Like l- last week it made sense because there just was not good spots. Like I, I still don't argue with my rationale behind it, even though it didn't actually turn out terribly because so many quarterbacks did so badly. But Zach Wilson is not good. Like I don't want to – there's too many good running backs on the slate to trust either Coleman or Ty Johnson. Full-on fate of the Jets for me. Philly defense, um, I mean, I think they're in play this week for sure. Anybody that's really playing the Jets at this yeah. point. So, um, And, I mean, they're 3,600. They're the third highest priced defense on the slate. But, all right, we're, um, we're moving on. We got the Cardinals and the Bears, 44 total here. Arizona, an eight-point favorite. Um, I mean – it goes back to the same thing. Are, are we going to get Kyler Murray back? Are we going to get Hopkins back? What do we do in Arizona? Um, I mean, they're such a tough team to break down this early in the week because we just don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, 
Connor seems like a decent play, but it's impossible to know if Kyler is going to play, if Hopkins is going to play. If Kyler ends up playing, I assume that he's healthy. I think you can go Kirk, you can go Green, you can go more if Hopkins ends up sitting. If Hopkins ends up playing, like he wasn't getting a huge amount of targets prior to getting injured, but he's 6.2K. It just seems like a low price tag. I don't know. I'm probably going to sprinkle in some, some of all of these guys, including Connor. Just because, like, they have a 26 implied team total. If Kyler Murray ends up playing, like, this, he's hopefully healthy. Like, he started off the season fantastic, then really fell off the map when he seemed to get injured. And if he's going to come back and he's going to be healthy, even up against a, all right, Bears defense, I I think he can go off for a big game here. But, obviously, this is too tough to figure out without knowing the Kyler and Hopkins details. I mean, we haven't – Correct me if I'm wrong, but we haven't seen Kyler Murray with Zach Ertz yet, right? Like, so we have no idea how that dynamic is going to work. If Colt McCoy starts again, I definitely think you can fire up some Zach Ertz. Um, But, I mean, I think the best play from Arizona right now is James Conner. The workload, the targets, they're there. This dude's going to touch the ball 20-plus times under 6K. I think we have to at least consider him. On the Bears side of things, I mean – I have no idea what to think. You know, Cole Komet had 11 targets last week. Then they threw the touchdown to to um, Jimmy Graham, and it was so frustrating. Like, I think my p- favorite play right now from Chicago is probably going to be Cole Komet. I think my favorite one is Montgomery, but I'm likely fading this game. Arizona's defense has been good pretty much all season long. Ranked third in DVOA, middle of the pack versus the run. So I think Montgomery is in play just because of the potential workload and how much work he's been getting since he come back. I don't think they want to throw the ball that much with Dalton unless they're really down. So they'll run the ball probably 18, 20, 25 times in this game. And that's where you beat Arizona. They're going to try not to make mistakes. Not really a great plan, but that's, that's kind of what they're doing. Um, so Montgomery is the only guy would even consider. I, I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe commit just because of how many targets he's getting in his price tag and tight end. I don't hate that call, um, but it, it's mostly Montgomery, and I'm probably just going to stay away from the spot. Yep. That's what I said. A few of these games this week are just like potential cross-off games, and, I mean, yeah, you can play pieces, but we'll see. We got Washington going to Vegas, the football team against the Raiders, 49 and a half total Vegas, a two and a half point favorite here. Uh, Talk to me here about the Washington football team. I mean, Raiders have been in some high scoring games. Um, Football team coming off a shorter week, but Logan Thomas and McLaurin and Gibson. That's what is Gibson somehow is like gotten all the carries in this offense, he's at 29, 19, 24 over the last three weeks. The guy is talented. He's going up against the Raiders, their middle of the pack run defense. Gibson, especially if McKissick doesn't end up playing, which I don't know if we've gotten full news on that, but I think it's trending towards him not playing, if I remember correctly. Like Gibson is going to be the is the workhorse in this lineup. McLaurin and Logan Thomas, like if Gibson's going to be popular, they're perfect pivots off of it going up against the Raiders, um, but we know exactly what this offense is. It's three guys that can get it done. It's Gibson, Glorin, and Thomas if uh, McKissick ends up sitting. 
Yeah, I mean, McKissick's still in concussion protocol and didn't practice Thursday, so I would almost consider him doubtful at this point. Um, we have seen quick turnarounds in concussion protocol, but, I mean, this late in the week and not practicing yet is not good um, for his status. So Taylor Heineke impresses me, man. I mean, he's not, like, lighting up the, the stat sheet, but he's winning games, and he's he's a very, very underrated um thrower like i mean i like mclaurin and thomas i don't know if i play taylor heineke this week there are some really good tight or um quarterback spots but thomas and mclaurin and gibson um i mean gibson's workload is enough to play him by himself so uh vegas side i mean darren darren waller doubtful for this game so what are we thinking here as far as the raiders are concerned if Darren Waller ends up sitting, like Moreau is the top tight end point per dollar play on the slate, I assume. Um, and I'm not going to argue with that. Like he should get a decent workload. But I mean, Carr, he's still leading the league in terms of passing yards. He's going up against Washington. Washington's been the 30th ranked pass defense so far this season. Like, yes, they might run the ball a little bit with Jacobs and Drake, but I, I, I have to assume the ball is going to be thrown somewhere. Renfro stands out as immediate great play, but Jackson, like he's got now an extra 10 days because they played on Thanksgiving to get into this offense. He's a deep threat. He's got huge upside. I love Deshaun Jackson and probably very low ownership. If Waller ends up sitting here, he got four targets going up against Dallas. I think he, and he made the most of those. Like, I really like Deshaun Jackson here, but I like don't mind Edwards. I like Renfro and Foster Moreau. If Waller ends up sitting, it's just a fantastic play. And I don't mind playing Derek Carr going up against Washington. He knows how to get things done with kind of trash wide receivers around him. And, like, Washington's not a good pass defense. Cal likes Deshaun Jackson, too. That's for sure. Um <laughs> Yeah. I, I saw that in his single game parlay. I was like, all right, I, I see you. Um, I actually, I that really guy like, finally ran good. I, I really like Derek Carr this week. I mean, there's so happy we're on the same page. There's just pieces you can run it back with Washington that makes the stack very useful. And I mean, Ren, Renfro is someone that I really like as well. Um, you know, especially with Waller out. I think Zay Jones at 3,200. It's seven targets against Dallas last week. Um, so, I mean, he's someone that we could potentially look at. But Moreau, Foster Moreau, man, here we go. Um, there's just so many ways you can stack Vegas, too. So, I mean, I think Derek Carr, the stack is so cheap. We've talked about a lot of running backs that we like that are expensive. This is one of those stacks that I think you can go pretty cheap, and the stack could really pay off if you're, like, high-priced running backs do the thing. Yeah, Jackson, Moreau, and Carr. That's a total of what? 12.5K, 13K. It's it's not much money. Like you can you can pay up for Jonathan Taylor super easy. You can pay up for Mixon super easy with those guys in your lineup. Like just throw in one other cheap guy and you can pay up at running back on all three spots. Up next, we got the 49ers and the Seahawks, 45 and a half total here. San Francisco, a three-point favorite. Um, any interest here in the 49ers? I really like Mitchell. I mean, I know the Seahawks' defense has been a 
bit better than they were earlier on the season going up against the running back, but they're still the second worst team in terms of getting a fantasy points to opposing running backs. They, without Debo in there, um, Debo's out for sure, right? He got ruled out. He's doubtful. Yeah. Okay. So the same basic thing. Yeah. So without Debo taking away Eli Mitchell touchdowns, Mitchell's going to get 30 running attempts here and he should do the most of those. I don't hate going with a little bit of the passing game. I'm not going Garoppolo. Um, just doesn't seem worth it to me, but Ayuk should be in for a decent amount of volume without Debo in the offense and Kittle, like Kittle is one of my favorite tight end plays on the entire slate. Like it's 5.9 K people seem to forget how good he actually is without Debo in there. And his what 36, 37% target share in the offense. Kittle should end up with a boatload of targets here. Going to go virtually unowned in this spot, I believe. Like Kittle's my favorite tight end play, and Mitchell is another absolutely fantastic running back play. Yeah, Mitchell might be one of my favorite running backs on the entire slate. The workload. Go running back in the flex on 100% of my laps this week. It's weird because we talk about how much upside wide receivers have. I think the running backs are in great spots this week. But yeah, I think Mitchell, I, I think he's one of my favorite. Like you said, Seattle's second most fantasy points to opposing running backs this season. The most running back points over the last four weeks have been the Seattle Seahawks. So I love this spot for Eli Mitchell. And I mean, I don't mind playing Kittle. I don't mind playing Ayuk, but I, I think this is a Mitchell spot. And then on the Seattle side, I mean, this offense looks terrible. I don't know what's going on with Russ and maybe they're pretty much out of the playoff race now, right? Like, I don't know if they can still close to it. They can still make it like win out, seven. right? I mean, I think they can lose one game and there's, I mean, but yeah, it's looking like more than likely they need to go win all, but pretty close to win out. I mean, I I don't know. I don't think Jared, Jared Everett should ever be the leading target getter in a game when you have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett as your wide receivers. Yeah. I don't know what's going on here. And so my plan for the Seahawks is to full on fade them. And then if I have to make up some room, uh, I'll, I'll stack Wilson with Metcalf. Like I'll, I'll find a way to make it happen um, either with Metcalf or with the locket, but Russ just has not looked great since coming back from injury. I think San Francisco is going to just run the ball over and over again. I don't think Seattle is going to be on the field that much. Pete Carroll decided to bring in Adrian Peterson because <laughs> it's the most Pete Carroll thing ever to do. Yeah. Like we had Hyde last year, and then did you hear what he said? He's like, "Yeah, no, I was, I really wanted to, really wanted to coach him at USC, and then he ended up going where was it, Oklahoma? Um, so I guess yeah, so I'm really looking forward for a chance to get to coach him. Like, what is wrong with you, Pete Carroll? Uh, it's rough. It's rough being a Seahawks fan right now. But yeah, like I, I don't plan on playing them. It's strictly like big field tournaments. I think you can take a shot on. Wilson with either Metcalf or Lockett. Everett's not the worst tight end play that you can use as a one-off. I'm fine with that. But realistically, you don't really want to play them unless you are late swapping around and have a lot of uh, a lot of room to make up. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that's it from this one. We're moving on. We got the Jags on the Rams. 48 and a half total here. Rams, a 12-point favorite. Any interest in Jacksonville in a game that, I mean, they should be trailing a lot. 
yeah, but I don't want to play Lawrence. I don't want to play Marvin Jones. I don't want to play Chenault. It looks like Dan Arnold's out. Maybe maybe old Shag Hennessy, James O'Shaughnessy, uh, is not the worst play in the world. He like He's a pretty solid, cheap tight end. So I, I like him without Arnold likely playing. But I'm not trusting the wide receivers. I'm not trusting any i'm not trusting james robinson here because the game script this is just a full-on pass with me over on jacksonville outside of cheap tight ends yeah i mean i think i'm with you uh, i think if i was gonna play anybody it would probably be chenault um they they run like they run a lot of plays and stuff for him so i mean taking a shot on chenault at 4400 makes some sense because they have like wide receiver sweeps and stuff with, that they use him for. And if he scores a touchdown, he can put up 15 plus fantasy points at 4,400. That doesn't stink. So um, I don't mind. I don't mind taking a shot on Chenault just because I mean, the Rams should crush in this spot um, going to the Rams side. I mean, Daryl Henderson potentially gets back on track. 10 targets for Odell Beckham is probably too many um i think cooper cup gets way more involved in this game but he's 9k um coming off of one of his worst games of the season and still put up 18 fantasy points like what are your thoughts on the rams yeah i mean he was just four points away from the 100 yard bonus it was a weird game um they just didn't really go too well it seems like stafford was a little bit hurt but he plays their injuries all the time and still somehow plays well but it's Henderson, it's cup it's obj it's stafford i, I don't have a problem with anyone i don't have a problem with the stack OBJ at 5.5K, like he's heavily targeted in this offense. He's pretty much taken over the Robert Woods role, which Robert Woods occasionally had huge upside. They're they're going up against the worst pass defense in the league. Like I think I'd lean more of the pass offense than I would Henderson, but like I'm not going to argue with either just because game script really favors Henderson. There's just so many running backs right around the same price range that I like. It's, it's going to be tough, tough to narrow down. I might have legitimately like 15 running backs in my player pool this week. It is going to be a lot harder to narrow down running backs than it is wide receivers this week. That's for sure. All right, we finish it out with the Ravens and the Steelers. 44 total here. Baltimore, a four-point favorite. Any interest in Baltimore here? I mean... Lamar is always in play in a tough matchup going up against Pittsburgh. But Lamar, Brown, Bateman, Andrews are all fine. I don't love any of them, like Andrews' price tags. Probably about where it should be, maybe a little bit high. Brown's price tag is where it should be, maybe a little bit high. Bateman's price tag is where it should be, maybe a little bit high. I don't have any interest really in Freeman with how many other running backs are on the board. Lamar... The play is probably going to be Lamar with one of his pass catchers. Uh, any one of those three, just because Lamar has massive upside every single time, just strictly from the running game alone. But I can also get it done through the air. So I, I don't love it, but this is an all right spot. It's fairly low. It's Again, it's going to be one of those teams like the Seahawks where if I have some room to make up and let's say I have like Stafford and OBJ or Stafford and cup i might swap over to jackson brown and then upgrade my flex spot but it, it's mostly going to be late st- swap stuff for me on the baltimore side yeah i mean i don't mind like a, a hollywood brown in this spot um I, I never hate playing andrews and 
I mean, I don't think I'll play Devontae Freeman. So, like, Brown, Andrews, and Lamar would be the three people I'd look at on the Baltimore side. And then on the Pittsburgh side, I mean, I think it all depends on if Ben plays. Um, didn't practice Wednesday. He does sit and practices sometimes and still ends up playing. And I know Claypool's banged up right now, too. Um, tough matchup going up against Baltimore. Very banged up offense. Any interest in the Steelers? I mean, probably mostly just be Deontay Johnson. Um, Najee Harris is fine, but we have an extensive amount of running backs to play. Chase Claypool always has a little bit of upside, but Johnson's getting 10, 12, 13, 14 targets a game, every single game. Still doesn't have the drop on the season, amazingly. Game script is probably going to be Pittsburgh throwing the ball, so strictly based off the volume. I mean, if Ben ends up sitting, it's definitely a downtick for Johnson for me, uh, but I have no interest in Ben. I've very little interest in Najee because of the other running backs on the slate. Very little interest in Claypool, Deontay Johnson. But I guess Friermuth, he ends up playing. I think he's questionable. Um, he, he practiced fully Wednesday with the concussion, so I'm sure he'll play. Okay. Yeah, I never know with concussions. Um, yeah. He's like, he has upside. He's 4.2K. I mean, this is a slate where you have so many low price tight ends that are probably going to end up taking up a lot of the ownership, depending on who ends up sitting. Uh, but yeah, Friar Muth, he's solid. He's clearly one of their go-to guys. He can get it done at 4.2K is not the worst idea in the world, but yeah, I'm largely just fading Pittsburgh here. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind Fair Muth. It's more of just when you're looking at like, there's no Kelsey on the slate. Waller's doubtful. I mean, this seems like a really good slate to pay down at tight end. So, I mean, that makes Andrews and Kittle and Pitts and Gronk interesting because a lot of people are going to pay down at tight end. But I mean, it's a fun slate. You know, yep. this is a, this is a fun slate. We'll see how it plays out. Let's play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here. Give me a quarterback that you like to throw for three hundred plus yards this week. Derek took my guy. I knew you were going to take him too. Sorry. Um. Oh, let's see. Give me oh, – man, I don't like anybody to throw. <laughs> I was trying to find yeah. someone that's, like, cheaper to throw 300 there's yards. Really, yeah, there's nothing cheap. I mean, give me Herbert, I guess, um, to throw 300 yards. Give me a low-owned running back for a touchdown this week. Saquon Barkley. All right, I like it. I like it. Um, pulling up ownership really quick. I mean, Madison's kind of cheating, isn't it? He's not going to be low-owned. I can't imagine him being low-owned. I mean, his price might make him low-owned. Yeah. I mean, there are so many good running backs on the slate. All right. I'll take Miles Gaskin to score a touchdown this week. I like it. Uh, quarterback, wide receiver, stack for a touchdown. Derek Carr to Deshaun Jackson. All right. yard bomb. I'm going to go Heineke to McLaurin touchdown this week. Wide receiver that gets at least eight targets. Who do you got? Do I just keep sticking with Oakland? I mean, if you want to. Hunter Renfro. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go to Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson, like. I can't remember the last time he had less than 10 targets in a game. So I'll go with him. He had nine four weeks ago. I think that's been his lowest in like 10 weeks. 
Give me a tight end that scores this week. Old Shag Hennessy. I like it. Um, I was going to say Cole Komet, but I don't know if he's going to play or not, so I'm not going to go. preface it. If he say plays Komet him, and... if he doesn't play um, – I don't want to take um, the chalk Oakland tight end. Give me, give me Hawkinson to score this week. Ooh, it's been a while since he scored. So yeah. Oh, I guess he scored last week. Uh, give me a defense that scores ten or more points. Um, gosh, I don't want to go with whoever's playing the Jacksonville Jaguars or whoever's playing the Jets. So I'm gonna go. Let's see, someone cheaper. Uh, I don't know. I guess this is tough this week. Um, I'll go with the 49ers. All right. Don't mind that. Uh, I'm going to go Dolphins to score 10 or more um, against Giants this week. So Dolphins defense has looked great here recently. Um, I mean, I look at their last four games at least four sacks and three of them, they scored defensive touchdowns a couple of times. They've been absolutely crushing. I don't see why they shouldn't be one of the highest priced defenses on the slate. So I'm going to go the Miami dolphins grant. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, I think my internet just froze up, which is good timing. So time to get out of here. That's going to wrap it up here for this week. We'll be back next week talking more football. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then. Hey kids.